You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 370. You're listening to The Lively Show. This podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, my friends. I'm so excited to have an interview for you today. This one is really special. Hana Siddiqui, theroadtohana.com is coming on. She is such a wonderful person and part of our lively community who took IVFT in the round three, which is about one year ago. And in the last year, she has had a complete life transformation in so many different levels, which you're about to hear about. And she's just such a special person to team lively in, t- in the sense that you're going to hear about how her story and her life being a part of this community actually inspired me to realize that the intention I set when I started this company or before I even had the idea to start the company, but what became the company, it was a full circle moment having this conversation and a few others with Hana. So I'm very, very excited for you to meet Hana, but also as IVFT is starting January 16th, 2023, this is my chance to have somebody in the community share what the experience was like for them. I don't like to talk too much about the training. I truly obviously believe in it wholeheartedly, but I always want the intuitions of people that are coming into the program to feel that it's right for them because it's only right and only amazing if the intuition's aligned to it. So I will say that. And if you want to join us, by the way, you can still register over at jesslively.com slash IVFT. And after listening to Hannah's episode, if you're curious about other people and their experiences, we have episode 357 with Guillaume. He's incredible sharing about how his life and career has evolved and where he lives and all the different facets of his life have evolved since doing the beta round of IVFT. In episode 356, we have Nahama. Nahama's incredible. Nahama is a mother of four children. And when she took IVFT, she was pregnant with her fourth child and using her inner voice and doing an inner voice session with the child she was about to birth, she ended up having a painless birth, which was not the case for the previous three children So, and the births of them. So this is obviously a really unique, interesting way to use the power of the inner voice as well. Painless birth sounds a lot better than the alternative. And then we have episode 348 with Lauren Siesco. Super exciting. She's a beta round grad as well that shared her experiences and transformations. She's a coach that focuses on money and eating in her own work and career and had major shifts as well. And episode 338 is also another one of these kind of grad perspectives. So if you want to go listen to all of those, feel free to dive into the archive at those episode numbers. But for now, let's talk to Hannah. Let's go to the show. Hannah, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and chatting with you today. I know. You mean so much to me, as I was just sharing before the start of this call. On so many levels, you are such a wonderful human I've gotten to know better recently. And also, just in the the story of Team Lively and everything we've done, you are such a special character in our journey on like an archetypical level as well. But before we get to all of that stuff, let us first share a little bit about yourself. I am a writer, speaker, a spiritual teacher, a fifth generation astrologer, meaning that I am the fifth generation in my family to be in this work that I know of. It could go back further, but we've only gone back about five generations so far. Really the goal within my 
spiritual existence, you could say, online is to help my generation awaken to the power inside of them, to help them create a life that feels magical, to help them tap into the innate power within them. I'm also an inner voice facilitator. I took I took part in IVFT round three. And as I had shared with you, as I've gotten to know you over the past, what, month now, I have been a longtime listener of The Lively Show. I found The Lively Show when I was 17 years old at the very beginning of my spiritual journey, right when I was just about beginning college. And it really was kind of my first introduction into the idea of flowing and living a life through intention and through intuition. It was the first time I had ever experienced something that wasn't so rigid and had a plan and just this idea of flowing. And it really led me to where I am today. And so all of that to say is I wouldn't be where I am today without The Lively Show. Oh, my goodness. Tell us, first of all, a little bit about your college experience and how the show and how using it, pre-IVFT even, how that affected your experience there. Absolutely. So as I mentioned, I found The Lively Show when I was about 17, and this was about the semester in between ending high school and going into college. And growing up, I was raised to be very academically focused and to receive a lot of academic validation. Um, My dad in particular pushed me really hard in school. And I was always kind of raised with this ethos to excel, to always be pushing myself, to do more, to work really hard. I went throughout my life being very good at efforting from my mind, from lack of a better term, really being able to structure my days and schedule myself to always be hitting and looking for the next goal. And it was very rigid. I lived by my Google calendar. I lived by having like a five-year plan and knowing exactly what I was going to do. When I was going to college, I went to UC Berkeley, which is a very academically focused school, very competitive school as well. But I carried this with me into college where I carried the same notion I had grown up with of working hard and efforting and doing the most that I could and pushing myself to the utmost capacity mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally in order to quote unquote succeed. Now, where the lively show and your journey, Bella, kind of influenced me was you presented this lifestyle that was so vastly different from anything that I was living at the time. Because again, you were more in the flow. I think this was about the time when you were very into Abraham Hicks. And that was actually my introduction into the teachings of Abraham Hicks. And it was the first time that my mind kind of awoke into this idea of, oh, there's a different way to do things. And I remember being very curiously intrigued by your journey because it was so vastly different. I had no idea how to implement this idea of flowing or tap into my intuition in the way in which you spoke of, but I just knew that the curiosity had been peaked there and I wanted to learn more. And as I went deeper into my college journey and subsequently found myself having moments of intense burnout and frustration and exhaustion from my mind, there was this like inkling inside me that there is a different way to do this. And your journey really showed me kind of the building blocks of how to find that way, how to find that path forward. And it really influenced my college journey to the point where when I graduated, which happened to be in 2020 at the height of the pandemic, really my last semester was cut short in a very, in a way that was very chaotic to my mind. It allowed me to 
be open to the idea of surrendering to what was supposed to happen, surrendering to the natural flow of events, even if it diverged from my quote unquote plan and start to see that maybe there was a reason why things were happening. And if I leaned into the idea of flow, then I could start to make the most of situations that were a little bit chaotic to my mind, if that makes sense. Oh my gosh. And it's such an honor to know you now because as we've gotten to know each other, I've realized hearing this part of your story, especially even before we even get to IVFT, which we're going to in a second, just knowing that you were in college when I was 31 we've kind of placed this out. So I was 31 was when I got divorced, sold the house, started traveling and found Abraham. So that kind of lines up with you at 17. That storyline you're sharing was so significant for me. The fact that you were in college at the time at 17 and onward, that I was sharing those experiences on the show because I was in my own, you and I in college were very similar girls. I was just, Mm. you know, at college at a different time. And so Mm -hmm. I was in a competitive business school. I had a dad that pushed me and expected, it was the expectation that I would get A's. This wasn't like a, uh, if if I didn't, it'd be like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's like a, there's something off if that's not the obvious outcome. So from a young, young age, that was just always the expectation. And I had all of that drive and all of that push. And then the business school I was in at University of Michigan, Ross School of Business, probably similar to Berkeley. I don't know exactly the personality differences between the cultures, mm-hmm. but I would guess they're probably both very academic, very hard to get into, very focused on those kinds of focused, efforting, hustling mentalities. I was miserable upon miserable in my oh. college experience. And I remember being in the business school library and I promised myself the centerpiece, the point, the intention that JessLively.com and all all the work we've done up to this point. And it's so symbolic, Hannah, also that we're recording this on the last day of 2022 because we're going to 2023. But I feel like everything from my, let's see, 2007's when I graduated college myself. So 13 years before you, but even before that years, let's say 2006 roughly is when I stood in the business school library and I promised myself that this way they were teaching me to work hard, play hard. Literally I had a professor in college say to the the class, we teach a work hard, play hard life. And I grew up with parents that work hard, play hard. And so I was in therapy for my childhood experiences while I was in school to become what I was in therapy for. I was like, oh my God, this is so intense. I was so miserable. I was binge eating candy bars. I was trying to find, is a coach purse going to make me feel better? Is a guy going to make me feel better? I'm binge eating three Milky Ways on the way up to my dorm room. Like I was a wreck. And I made this promise to myself that when I figured out uh, there had to be a better way, I had no clue what the better way would be, but I knew there could not be only this way to live life. There had to be a more joyful, fulfilling way to live. I had no clue, no answers, because obviously my upbringing was the opposite of that. My business goal was the opposite of that. I had to kind of go through the journey and I promised myself in the library that I needed these answers for myself because I was a bit of a wreck. And then I was like, and when I figure these out, I promised myself I was going to help anybody else that might also be struggling because I knew I didn't know who it would be, but I just knew this way couldn't be great for everyone. If it's so bad for me, it can't be the right thing for everyone else magically. Like it's got to be, there's got to be other people that are also struggling with this way. When I figure it out for myself, because God knows I need the help first, then I'm going to help the rest that I can help that are, that are looking for this too. When I got to know how your story overlapped with mine and then this whole travel and following my intuition 
mission and really, really expressing that deeper and bigger in the work that we do through your college years. I realized that even though, of course, I've succeeded at that intention earlier than you finding the show, even in some smaller ways, there is a sure. full circleness about you in my story of life and in the work that we do to the point that I actually feel knowing your story and how it overlaps with mine and how we've been talking here on the show about this transition between Jess Lively and Bella Lively. What I never imagined, of course, when I did this in October, I thought, oh, I'll get rid of my possessions that felt like Jess and I'll let go of Portugal that felt like Jess and I'll let go of all these other things. But I didn't really think about the intention of the company itself is mm. also evolving. So Jess's intention from misery to peace, joy, and fulfillment was fulfilled. That purpose, intention, reason for doing the work that I did all of those years from college to now, you are the capstone archetypical energy, right? Of course, we've helped people of many, obviously we have many more women that are much older than you in the community sure. that have been helped and changed their lives. But the fact that you're that young person like myself that was going to otherwise potentially struggle, you have many more tools, I think, from your family and background that weren't completely, even though your dad pushed you, your mom was obviously more tuned in than, than my family, but mm -hmm. it, it did help you. And the IVFT, obviously, which we'll get to in a second, obviously really took things to a deeper level. But yeah. That is so beautiful, Ahana. So I just want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for listening then. And your story has inspired me to create an entirely new intention for the purpose of why I show up every day, going into BellaLively.com in 23 and beyond. Oh. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for being who you are and going through and growing through and struggling because part of that's part of the beauty of the, the, the place you're at today. Oh my goodness. I don't even have words to express my gratitude for you now. Thank you. Thank you for that. It really is so special to see how in many ways, you know, we are different people who've lived different lives and yet there's so many parallels and similarities between us and our journeys. It's almost like we're running these parallel lines of similar experiences. And as you have been transitioning from Jess into Bella and this new iteration of yourself, I feel like 2022 has been such a profound year of transformation and change for myself in many ways, which I'm sure we'll get into when we talk about IVFT, but it really is so beautiful. And I can't even express how amazing the divine timing is of all of this. The fact that your intention was to kind of heal that part of yourself, for lack of a better term, that college Jess, who was so rigid and stuck and almost trapped in a way. Miserable. <laughs> miserable. Yeah. I don't know how miserable you got, Hannah. Hopefully you didn't get as miserable as I was because I was pretty down, but that created the balance that created IVFT essentially. Yes. I would say college for me wasn't a miserable experience, but high school for me absolutely was when I was living in more of that mind focused, very rigid, taking life so seriously state, it was so difficult. And it was, it was completely miserable. And to see the transformation of that to now, and to see within you, the transformation of just then to Bella now is absolutely beautiful. And all that to say, I am just so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful to know you. I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you and many more conversations. It's just, it's so beautiful, and I love the way that the universe truly aligns things so well. I know. And actually, what I think we carry in common in this kind of heroine's journey of this is I realized for mine was from great suffering 
came great realization and alignment and peace. But, and yeah. so you kind of did the same, right? Cause you didn't have the show or any of the tools yet from college, high school, but then in your college, you found the lively show. You started to like kind of go forward and, and find these deeper, more fulfilling experiences yourself. And so now you're a few years out of college now and you we're going to talk about the changes you've had in the last year since IBFT. But then for me, for the attention of just lively.com was born out of suffering. And what's amazing yeah. is that Bella is not born out of suffering. Bella Lively mm. has a completely, and nor are you now. That's why I think you feel that same kind of like inner transformation. You're not coming from a place of suffering any longer. Yeah. You're coming from a place of thriving. Jess Lively wasn't by the end of, the, let's call it the lifetime, quote unquote, air quotes there on Jess Lively. Jess Lively at the end of Jess Lively wasn't suffering anymore, but she was willing to evolve into this greater, more expansive, grander version of the potential that we all are as consciousness to create and recreate as often and as grandly as we would like. And so that intention for the company coming from Bella isn't coming from the suffering Jess in college. Yes, that's where Jess Lively's intention got started, but Bella Lively's not suffering anymore. So Bella Lively doesn't have a suffering story to bring to the work that we do. Right now, I really feel like Bella Lively. I got gifted the name Lively by the husband that I married at the time, and I mm-hmm. kept it because I loved it. I got gifted the name Bella from my inner voice, which took me a while to get on board with in the mind, but I finally got there. But to live beautifully from the inside out is true. Truly what the intention of modeling and expressing and sharing and creating a space digitally, physically, non-physically for for people to access that beautiful connection within themselves and then expressing that connection and that alignment into their outer reality as well is the new intention in case anyone's curious for Bella Lively.com, you know, the company team lively going forward. And that in so many ways, I only realized all of that inner realization occurred because I met you. Oh my goodness. (laughs) That makes my heart so happy. Like it, it truly goes to show that we meet people in our lives who are catalysts. And even though I didn't know you when I first found the show, I felt like I knew you. Of course, it was a parasocial relationship in that regard, but I felt like I knew you. I felt like I could relate to you. And that created an impact on me by sparking that curiosity of, well, I wonder what would happen if I just began to embrace this. I wonder what would happen if I just began to lean into this idea of flow, even though I had no idea how to implement it. I had no idea how to do it. It was so different from how I was. And so to learn that I have been a catalyst for you in that regard is such a deep, humbling honor and like tickles my heart in a really beautiful way and just goes to show the synchronicity of how we really are all connected in so many beautiful ways. I know. Okay. So are you ready to talk about IVFT now? <laughs> 15 minutes it. into the recording. Okay. <laughs> so let's start with where you were. I know we just talked about how you had really found a lot of good stability in your college years through, you know, kind yeah. of shifting out of the old high school way of being, but where were you right before joining an IVFT and what made you decide to join? You know, it's really interesting because when I joined IVFT, it was, I believe it was September, October, 2021. And I was in a place in my life where I truly felt like the queen of the world. I felt like I have everything figured out. 
Now, early 2021 and 2020 were really difficult years for me. 2020, I started off the year getting really, really deathly sick, the most sick I've ever been in my entire life, which then led me into um, having a college semester that was cut short, my last semester of college, by the pandemic and being thrown into a lot of uncertainty and what that would look like and also dealing with the separation of my parents and so many other big life-changing events within that, um, that kind of started to unravel parts of myself. And so as I kind of knit those back together through my own spiritual understanding and healing work and introspection, where I found myself the middle of 2021, right before IVFT began, was feeling like I had finally figured it out. I had gone through the storm. I had gone through all of these trials. I had done so much inner work, and I was in a really peaceful place in my life. So I had a beautiful home that I loved. I was living with a partner who I had adored. I had beautiful friendships. My career felt thriving. And I remember, to kind of go back to IVFT, I remember when you first announced IVFT, I believe it was at that early 2020 state when I was going through so many life changes. And I remember hearing it and thinking, that sounds really interesting, but hearing a deep, deep calling from my intuition of, not yet, you're not ready. And I honored that. I listened to that. I also knew my mind was able to latch on to that idea because I had so much going around me externally. It wasn't the right time. Then round two came and I still heard from my intuition. It's not the right time. Then finally round three came and it was kind of like I had been through this storm for the past year and a half before this and the clouds had begun to part. The sunshine was kind of coming through. I was feeling really good and really confident in my life. Life felt really beautiful. It felt like there was a lot of ease at the time. And IVFT round three came along and my intuition immediately said, yes, I want to do this. Now, my mind was quite frankly, a little scared. It was the biggest investment I'd made in myself and my business. And my mind created all these stories of how are we going to do this? How is this going to happen? But my intuition just trusted really deeply. And there was a small part of me that was like, you know what? If we're meant to do this, it's going to work out. Now, the most amazing thing, and this is going to sound like I'm making this up, but it's truly just the magic of how things aligned was once I made the decision that I was going to find a way to join IVFT, about a few days or a week later, I got an email from a client wanting to book me for a um, project. And the rate that they had proposed me with was the exact amount of the investment to join IVFT. And I was like, well, if this isn't a sign from the universe, divine timing, telling me that I need to do this, then I don't know what is. And needless to say, I took on the project. The money hit my bank account the day before the cart opened for IVFT round three, the day before enrollment opened. And so I made the investment. I joined and it was so empowering. It was so liberating because I had, again, followed your journey for so many years and wanted so desperately to learn how you did it. I wanted to learn something that was so different from how I had lived my whole life. And so here was my opportunity to do that. And here was the opportunity to kind of take my work to the next level by investing in something that was so much grander than anything I'd ever done for myself before. Now, my intention going into IVFT was to learn more about how to flow in terms of business and work. As I mentioned that I had grown up being very academically oriented, being very goal oriented, hustling a lot, working myself to the point of burnout and panic and freak out on multiple occasions throughout my life. So I wanted to learn how to flow and trust my intuition and take a step back 
back and surrender in my work, in my business, not so much in my education because I had completed that at that point. But I never expected that I was not only going to get that, but so much more of a grander transformation out of IVFT. I think if I could go back and tell the HANA of October 2021 the changes that would occur for her in the six months to a year after she completed IVFT, I don't think she would believe it at all. I think her mind would be a little blown by all that happened, not just in business, but in all areas of my life. I love that. It's something as you, you mentioned this, as you wrote something for us once you're like, as Jess says, or as Bella says now, uh, take a photo of yourself. Do you look different out of curiosity? I always say take a photo because a lot of people do shift not only their inner world, but when they do all this inner transformation, their outer expression energetically, it's not like they have different colored eyes or they necessarily shift like massive body weight or something like that. That's not what I'm saying, but they just like exude a different kind of expression in the world. Did you notice that alongside all the other transformations at all? I noticed a huge transformation in my physical appearance. I actually did a side-by-side of a photo of me um, December 2020, and then I did one December 2021. So the December 2020 photo was before I even enrolled in IVFT when I was in a not-so-great place in my life. And then December 2021, that photo was, I think, the week we completed IVFT. And then the third photo was me in June of 2022, about six months after completing IVFT. And my face looks completely different. My face shape looks different. My eyes look different. And it's really funny because I didn't notice, actually, at first, the transformation and how different things looked until people started messaging me on Instagram earlier this year telling me, Hannah, your voice sounds different. Your face looks different. My friends would see me and they would be like, did you have work done? Like what happened to you? And I was like, no, not externally, but it was all the internal work. Did you have work done? Yes. (laughs) I had a lot of inner work done. (laughs) Yes. You know, that's so beautiful. Actually, Nishi, who's also one of our IVFT grads, she's our foundation director for many years as well for the foundation here on Team Lively. She sent me a photo. I I think she'll think this is fine. She sent me a photo of her the other day and she said, this is so crazy. And I I saw it. I've known her for years, but it was such a beautiful, regular photo. She's standing in a beautiful sari, like to getting a photo taken, but you could just see, and she she said in her message, she goes, this is how I always feel on the inside. And it's so beautiful that seeing this photo, this is how I look on the inside. You can just see it's exuding so naturally, so calmly, just she is on the outside as she feels on the inside. And that is just such a beautiful experience to have. Besides just your physical form, which obviously that's not the reason at all to do IVFT. I just always find it very curious that this work is, it's not about whether does it work or not. You know, it's like, no, it works. It works so much. You can change your your expression and reality on the physical level, not just the non-physical, but on the other aspects of life scale, what transformed for you with IVFT? Oh my goodness. So much. Um, Real quickly though, before I jump into that, I also want to just touch on what you just said about the external transformation not being the most important thing because it is so true. The external transformation is simply a byproduct. I think we're fed so much in society and not to go on a tangent, but we're fed so much. Like if you do this or that, you'll get this 
external transformation. And yes, those things happen. But I think the external transformation really came from myself as a byproduct of the internal transformation. And the way that I feel in my body today is vastly different than how I felt in my body in 2020 and 2021. Like, I can honestly say I went the majority of my life feeling uncomfortable in my skin, hating my body, feeling absolutely self-conscious. And nothing in my body has really changed much since going through IVFT, since going through this transformation that I've been on. But the way that I feel is so vastly different on the inside. And that's what reflects the outside. Like I look at my body and I feel like I love my body. I love to dress it in different ways. I love to take care of it in different ways. I love to honor my body. And I truly feel so comfortable in my skin. And I think that is what creates the external transformation because I believe you say something along the lines of like when the internal shifts, the external shifts as well. I just wanted to point that out because I don't want to harp on or give anyone the wrong impression of like, oh, you know, you do this work and then you're going to experience these external yeah. transformations. Like, it's not a way you will. Class, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you will and you may experience the weight loss or the shifts or whatever it is. Sure. But really, like as beautiful as that is, I can look at myself and say that is so insignificant compared to how I feel in my body. And you know why? Because I actually think the reason this all is so transformational is the beanbag work, actually. So yes, mm -hmm. your wisdom and having that clarity of connection between all of you with your mind is amazing. And that is obviously, but what is stopping that from already happening and occurring naturally now? Right. <laughs> the beanbags and the conditioning that's been accumulated over decades, lifetime, or even potentially multiple lifetimes if you're willing to go there. So there's that cleanup process, quote unquote, that I do not harp about. It's not, you know, beanbag release therapy training. Like that is not what this is called. It's called right. That is what we're trying to get to. But on the way to getting there, that w pathway to get to the inner voice, which otherwise would already be easy to access, is the mm -hmm. releasing of the emotions. So I think what's on the physical level exuding differently in the first stage of everything is just cleaning up. Like you said, you keep saying it, and it's so true. What you were experiencing is completely accurate. You feel so different on the inside because all those old bean bags that were the discomfort on the inside are out. They're not there anymore. And when they're not there anymore, the energy can flow through the system of your body from alignment with your body and your intuition without less mental uh, uh, control and distortion from the emotional body. Does that make sense? So that's why the body, I think, does exude such a change. And then as the beanbags have gotten cleaned up over time, then yeah. the exuding of the natural essence of somebody without that mental interference and mostly mental emotional body interference it isn't distorting the energy flows in the body. So you're feeling that. That's what you keep saying, basically. So my God, yes. the energy is just flowing so much better inside of consciousness. Yes. But as the conscious, because you're really just consciousness in this kind of, like, think of a lava lamp, and you just have less right. little lobby bits, and so it's all smoothly, fluidly flowing for you, that less interrupted expression of energy through your consciousness is, like, really, really clean, pure, less clumpy electricity going through your phone. Electricity, you won't think of as clumpy, but I'm trying to make an analogy yeah. here. And as that energy flows smoother, the expression of the body without that mental, emotional 
combo interference does transform the outside. So just if anyone's curious, it's kind of in a weird way. The beanbags are not the central focus of the work, but they are an essential aspect of the work because they're what is otherwise blocking the natural, you know, inner voice from, from being present. And that I think is just uh, one of the big shifts for people. Um, and then after that, yeah, how the inner voice wants to express through form, I think becomes like those eyes become super sharp and clear. The expression can look different. I know some inner voices have their people suggest like changing hair colors and stuff like that. I think of mm-hmm. Emily Sosha from Beta Round and stuff. So anyways, lots of different things happen, but uh, okay, enough about that, that element. <laughs> well, I guess it's been interesting because I haven't, I don't think I've covered that on the show in any specific or in-depth way. So, all right, let's go into the rest. So how else is IVFT besides the physical and the inner reality feeling so much more spacious and easeful? How is like work, relationships, health, any of those aspects of life? Oh my goodness. So the biggest thing that I want to start this off by saying is that I remember so clearly one of the things that you had said during the first call of IVFT was that the six months after you complete IVFT is the space where the biggest transformation occurs. And I remember listening to that and thinking to myself, yeah, okay, I'm ready for some shifts in my business, but thinking again that I had kind of had everything figured out and I can really look back and see how that was kind of like my naive little bit younger self, like thinking like, you know, I've got things figured out. I'm good. I'm ready to experience shifts in my business. I'm going to hit those goals that I really want. It's going to push me to the next level. But truly, I was honestly a little woefully unprepared for the complete transformation of self that I was going to go through after completing IVFT. So not only did I experience shifts in my business, which I'll get into in a second, but to say my life completely changed overnight is a little bit of an understatement. I experienced a very, um, for lack of a better term, traumatic and unexpected breakup with my then long-term partner, experienced the need to move homes to move out of this beautiful home that I had spent so much time cultivating and lovingly putting intention into, which then led me to consider moving about 400 miles away and making plans to do so, only to then change my mind literally 10 days before I was supposed to move as I flowed into this idea of, wait, I feel like I need to stay. There's more for me to do here. And then meeting someone absolutely incredible when I least expected it and completely experiencing a shift in my relationships from feeling like, okay, I'm in this stable relationship. This feels great. This is exactly what I want to then being cracked open in this way that forced me to do a lot of this beanbag work because it was the only thing able to get me through this difficult time, which I can chat more about in a second. But to say my relationship shift was, I mean, an understatement, everything changed in a span of a couple months. My home life shifted again, considered moving 400 miles away, made the plans for that only to end up being led to my inner voice to actually stay where I was at and sit and build this new life, having that entire structure of what I had before stripped away. And one thing that you and I had chatted about in our last conversation that we had was the idea of dismantling structure and the idea of life kind of forcing you into this way of building stability within yourself. You know, we talked about the analogy of a tree, like a tree has 
when it's first growing, it has those stakes in the ground that it's tied to to help it grow taller and taller and taller. But eventually you take those stakes away and the tree can stand tall and proud and firm and healthy on its own. And I feel like that's kind of what happened to me as well. I also felt the desire to shift a lot in my business. I really honed in on who am I here to serve? Who am I here to actually help make an impact on? Which I realized wasn't just, you know, serving everyone. It was really honing in on the people younger than me, the people who might not know this work, the people who are just like I was reaching these goals and hustling and feeling like there has to be a different way. I feel like my relationship to my finances changed where I realized that money wasn't the biggest thing at the end of the day. And I realized my relationship to myself changed too, because I no longer had, again, those external securities that were keeping me safe. The only way for me to move forward in my life was to turn that awareness within. My life completely flipped overnight after IVFT in so many ways, but it led me to where I am today, of course. There were just so many big transformations in every single area of my life. And do you feel like the relationship you now have, because it sounds like one exited and one entered, the housing arrangements obviously exited and entered, and the career shifted. Does the relationship you have now serve you more from the place that you're living now? Because I call that like kind of an energetic upgrade. So as you release all those beanbags Mm -hmm. and the body's energetically moving and operating more smoothly, it can feel shocking to the mind when the partner or the career and all these other elements housing gets in the mind's perspective, taken away, but really it's being cleared away because the frequencies no longer are in the same bandwidth to coexist at times. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that this is for everyone, but it is at times, especially with deep, profound transformation, the energy dynamic that was previously held the structures in place of consistency don't maintain they can it's not like people stop having their children and like oh i suddenly (laughs) got to lighten my beanbags and i don't have kids anymore that's not what we're saying here but there are a lot of times transformations occur that seem extremely terrifying to the mind as they start to be released but then once the releasings happen and the clearing out of the beanbags have occurred so you're not stuck in trauma around the idea of all this stuff happening and changing then new opportunities that serve that new energy elevation that you're feeling can come in. So I'm curious on the relationship scale specifically, do you feel like this relationship is something that only could have really come in after having all of that inner work completed? Yes. And, you know, the biggest thing that I have learned in 2022 was that this heartbreak I experienced was the most difficult thing I had ever gone through in my life for a number of reasons that I won't get into, but it was the most difficult thing I'd ever gone through. But I've also learned that heartbreak and the grief that comes from that is the biggest portal to lead you back into yourself because I was in the state where I didn't see this coming. My mind would have never imagined that this was going to happen. And when that kind of life altering situation happens in your life, there is no way for your mind to logically and thoroughly and concisely react to the situation. Your mind cannot make a decision. And I think the first time in my life where I was forced into a situation where I had no plan and nothing made sense to me. And I needed that. I needed that because my mind was so rigid, because I was so structured throughout my entire life. It's how I lived 
at the time, um, 24 years of my life being was in this like structured, regimented, taking life a little too seriously way. I needed that portal where the universe basically said, you know what? We're going to put your mind in a state where it can't make any decisions. So the only way for you to move forward and to take action forward is to lean fully within. And so that is what I did. I literally fell off the face of the earth for two months. I didn't talk to anybody except my family, my therapist, and like two other people. And I spent every single day connecting so deeply to my inner voice. I was meditating for like two hours a day. I was cold plunging in the ocean and doing breath work. I was inner voice, beanbag releasing every single day to release those emotions. It was the only thing that helped me. There was nothing else during that time that helped me aside from this work. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on the show, because we're having this conversation. It truly was my lifeline. And I think the timing, and I keep talking about this idea of timing, but I don't think it could have been more profound because had I not learned this method through IVFT, had I not just gone through that training, I don't know what I would have done in that situation because all I could do, the only way I could get that clarity and take action forward from that space was to release the beanbags as they came up, to work through them, to follow that inner voice and to fully surrender and trust it. And so all of that to say, because I was led into myself so deeply, it also led me into knowing so deeply what I wanted in a relationship and what was truly aligned for me, not what my mind thought was good, not what I thought other people wanted for me, but what I truly wanted. And when I surrendered to that and also surrendered and made the promise to myself that I am not going to settle for anything or anyone less than someone who is a hundred percent aligned with myself because it is always this or something better. That partner flowed into my life and I am super happy in our relationship now. And it is completely aligned for me and who I am today and this version of myself on every single level. But all of that to say, to answer your question, there is no way that the Hana of a year ago, of even what, like 10 months ago, could have had this kind of relationship. I don't think I could because I needed to release all of those beanbags first. And when we were talking about beanbag releasing earlier, the analogy that came to my head was a clogged pipe and how the clogs in the pipe, they're not only those emotions, but they're those traumas, right? Because we are all carrying trauma, big trauma, small trauma, whatever it is. We're all slightly traumatized. Doing that inner voice beanbag work allows us to start to unclog that pipe by pulling out some of those deeply embedded traumas, some that are ours, some that are intergenerational, some that we've taken on from other people to allow the breath, to allow the emotion, to allow the true essence of who we are to fully express itself through that pipe, like water just being able to fully run through after you want to clog it. And I feel like that's what happened in my relationships through that heartbreak was that heartbreak had to happen so that I could go in and unclog my own pipe and take out all of those deeply rooted emotions and traumas that I hadn't addressed my whole life to then get me to a place where I could fully hold and receive a relationship that is fully aligned with the version that I am now. It's a very roundabout answer of saying that, no, I could not have had this had I not done that work. Whenever beanbags come up for my clients, I always say, and I teach this in IPFT, is like what's coming up is safe and ready to be released. So that relationship, yes. you were safe 
and ready to release it. Even though the mind had to go through all the beanbags associated yeah. with it, you were safe and ready because you knew what to do with it. It didn't set you on a spiral down and like a path of 10 year setback. You know, it was something that you were able to elevate through rather than de-escalate through or like stay yeah. stagnant with, you know what I mean? That's beautiful. Now on the subject of career, you mentioned that you pivoted to focus on the people kind of in your generation and a little, you know, the younger use, if you will. Mm -hmm. In terms of the financial investment, I know you had kind of in your head signed up thinking that it was financially going to be a good move. How did the financials work for your career after training it alongside all this other <laughs> transformational, physical and relationship side of things? You know, it's really funny because I came into 2022, I had actually used my inner voice to redo my entire branding, my entire website, my entire vision for my company and my brand and came into 2022. So very clear plan of what I was going to do to show up and serve these people. Now, once this heartbreak opened, this portal opened within me of grief and wisdom and going within and, and doing the beanbag releasing. What happened was I got to a place where my mind honestly did not care about business. It didn't because none of it felt like it mattered. I realized that my mind had held so strongly onto the idea of needing to achieve, needing to hit certain metrics, needing to be a certain way in order to receive that validation, which then turned into a version of love that I could receive. But once I was deep within myself, I was like, none of this matters. It could all go away tomorrow and that's okay. And once I got to that deep place of acceptance within that and showed up authentically in my work with where I'm at, not fooling my clients, not fooling my community, just telling them like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing, showing them the path forward. It was almost like an opportunity to um, walk the walk instead of talking the talk. And not that I ever, you know, was doing things inauthentically before, but this was my moment to lead myself and show my clients how I led myself through the work that I was leading others through. And I think in turn, because of that, it allowed me to take the focus off of what can I be doing for other people to hit these certain goals to what can I be doing for myself to feel okay, to initiate myself into this new chapter and allow my business to come into that new chapter with me. Now, I stepped back and worked probably the least I've ever worked in my life this year. Didn't launch much, didn't see as many clients as normal. And yet with all of that said, I was doing my financials last week and nearly doubled my 2021 income by leading by that example, by trusting, by going within. And I think that is purely the example of how powerful this work can be in business as well. How powerful it is when we go within, when we dismantle the need to have those external structures and we just trust that our authentic self and the authentic expression of ourself is enough in all areas of our life, the rest kind of follows and falls into place. And so as I move into 2023, the approach that I'm taking with my business is so different. Of course, I'm still going to have goals. I'm still going to have metrics that I want to hit. But I also know that my worth is not validated on having those things. And it's okay if I don't hit those things, because again, it's always this or something better. And I trust so deeply 
that anything that the universe takes from me or shifts from me is only making space for something better to come in. When I released subsequently that idea of what the year needed to look like in business, because I was so focused on going within myself, I allowed the space for this year to become my most abundant year yet when that was honestly the last thing that I ever expected to happen. I love that. Hannah, okay, I just have to, since you and I are 14 years apart, but kind of mm. sisters in a way. So to say, yeah. I love your doubling. That's exactly how I've observed my, my own career for many of these early years as well. The one thing I would say in case it, and this is obviously goes for anyone else and you take or leave this, if you like Hannah and everyone listening, but actually when you get this deep as Hannah is sharing into your intuition and flow and alignment, taking the goals off is probably one of eventually going to be, maybe not this year, Hannah, but eventually you'll want to drop the goals because your mind will not believe that the ease and the abundance can match at higher scales. So the Mm -hmm. mind will say, oh, well, if this is the metric, at least what I've observed in my own life is that as I dropped the goals many years. The business would double, double, double. And then it got to a point where I was like, there is no way on earth I could have even made that goal. What what ended up happening and certainly could not have ever imagined it as a number to hit and have the ease in my life that I had that year. There would have been no way my mind could have made that goal, quote unquote, to hit the number fine. I could have done that, but I could never have done it as easily as it was. Because my mind would not have allowed that potential to be there, to have a huge number and a deep connection just going inward to myself, Mm -hmm. not about, okay, now what do I need to do to make that happen? Couldn't have imagined it. So actually, I realized that goals in some ways in the earlier stages of consciousness and humanity kind of become these like helpful tools. And eventually they become like crutches. And it's like, you can run faster if you don't use crutches. Yes, they help you for up to a point. But after there's a certain point where they actually become a limitation. So Mm -hmm. it may not be this year. It may not be next year. And it may not be for anyone ever. But I can say for myself, it has been the highest alignment to let go of those because it's none of my mind's business (laughs) what Mm -hmm. the numbers are. It's all about the alignment within myself to allow the unfolding of the reality and trusting that the abundance is just going to match what's needed and, and more. That's just a little tidbit in case anyone's curious. I Speaking on, actually, this is funny. We're saying this at the start of new year. I just remember all my years of goal setting when I was younger uh, and not as aware at all. And gosh, the struggles, the struggles I had with those goals and those new year's resolutions, not resolutions, but just, just the goals back then. Um, yeah, it's amazing how you've just like casually, as you prefaced that at all, Hannah, you're like, yeah, I, I just like went into myself. And I let go of everything and all, and then we doubled. I don't think people were expecting to hear that you doubled your revenue <laughs> with everything that you said leading up to it. I just think that's so beautiful, right? It's like, oh yeah, all that stuff that I was coming in for did happen, but it's right. almost kind of the detail at the end of the book rather than the frontliner, which the mind always signs up for. It's funny. I think Guillen said the same thing. He's like, you know, I came in to grow this business. And then that's like, it did all happen. But it's like, so the secondary story to just the expression of life coming through. It truly, truly is. And I can say, yes, it's a, you know, it's beautiful metric. And it's something I'm very, my mind is very proud of. But 
it is so secondary to me. It is so secondary to me. And I think the reason it happened was because I truly, and I mean this with like every bone in my body, I did not care. I did not care what goals I hit this year. I did not care how this year turned out financially. I did not care. And I couldn't care because all I could do was go inwards in myself. All I could do was be with myself. Like I was so emotionally, I want to say open and yet emotionally distraught. And my mind was so just confused for the beginning half of this year that I really just had to trust the inner voice to lead the way. I had to trust that there was something on the other side of this. There was no room for my mind to care. And I think that kind of ease and surrendering that, if we're talking like law of attraction, Abraham Hicks, that ability to surrender allowed it to come in. And I think for me, and I can only speak for myself personally, because I had grown up so goal oriented and so fixated on things being a certain way, I needed to be forced into that state of not caring in order to fully surrender and allow that to then come in. I love that. Okay. So we haven't talked much about the actual training, more about the results and the transformation thereof. So <laughs> when it comes to IVFT training, what did you love the most specifically about the training six or seven week experience? You know, I think my favorite part of the training was the community aspect of it. I know I've shared this with you before too, but just the ability to be in a space with people who not only like are interested in doing this work and wanting to pursue it, but who get it. You know, as I mentioned, when I um, first got into and interested in this work when I was in college, I was definitely the anomaly. I didn't know anyone around me who was interested in this work. I didn't know anyone around me who was even talking about this work or who had it on their radar. And so to be in a community of people who just got it. I didn't need to explain. I didn't need to have my mind make up a story or overthink. Like, do these people think I'm crazy for doing this? Do they think I'm insane? People who just understood and were so supportive and open to being on this transformation and journey together, I think was the most beautiful part of the training because it was the first time in my life where I truly found myself in a space of people who were on the same page as me. And of course, the people in the training are from all walks of life, have all different types of life experience. But I think that's the really beautiful thing because it goes to show that no matter where you are, no matter how old you are, it is never too early. It is never too late to get into this work because there's no barrier to entry to this work. It is all about yourself and going within. And that's why I think it's so potent as well, because it's something that every single person can do. And so seeing that reflected in the training was something really beautiful and really made a lasting impact on me. I love that. And yes, it's beautiful that you were 24 going or 23, maybe going through this at the time. Maybe let's say you're one of the youngest in the, in the training altogether so far. I don't, we don't poll people for ages, but I'm also thinking of one of our clients who I believe she's done IVFT. She's in my head. She's done a bunch of classes this year with me. So I've done a lot of hot seating with her. She's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember, she said her age before, but I, it could be in her sixties or up to 74. So basically there is a, a range between let's say 24 with you and there's some maybe in college there are some in college still that do join yeah. different classes but I can't speak to oh yeah Marion might have done it in college so there might be another few in their earlier 20s and then mm -hmm. I think we've got up to 60s and maybe maybe touching 70 the majority are in their 30s and 40s and 50s and many have children so if people are curious yeah. about but you still found with all of these women that in the majority of 
expression, have different life situations than maybe you mm -hmm. did, Hana. You mm -hmm. still found that that was like such a community that you could connect to because of all of that, you know, where they were in their inner unfolding. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because that, I think when you're at that space of curiosity and wonder and wanting to go within, it doesn't matter what life experience you've had, you're able to connect on such a deep soul level because there's that desire to go within. And I think when you are in a situation where you have people who are wanting to go into themselves together, it's really beautiful because it creates a depth of connection that is so vastly different from what you can create outside of that kind of scope. And it's actually really beautiful. As I'm talking to you, I'm looking out my window at my desk and five monarch butterflies just flew past my window. It's also a super <laughs> rainy, gloomy day. I don't know where they came from. I mean, butterflies are a symbol of transformation. And I think it really goes to show that like that ability to bloom and blossom and come into that fullest expression of self together creates a connection that transcends any sort of arbitrary walks of life or life experiences that might create disconnect otherwise. And when it comes to the community, do you still mm -hmm. keep in touch with anybody a year later after the training? I do. I do. I keep in touch with a couple of my squad members, which the squads are the small groups, of course, that we go through IBFT with and a couple other people who actually didn't connect within the training, but connected with later after the training ended. I still keep in touch with them over social media and it's beautiful to see how everyone's lives have transformed in incredible ways. I know some of them even are traveling around the world together. It's amazing. And others are like moms and they're having like regular chats wherever they are in the world together yeah. um, and holding regular beanbag sessions for each other and just sharing constantly. And the, what is so cool is that the inner voice is non-physical. And so yeah. us being a non-physical company, it is perfect for it because we're already non-physical and we're going into the mm -hmm. deepest parts of ourselves, which are non-physical. And then having these deep bonds with others at this non-physical, deep, pure level. And so it makes sense that the community stays so often. It's not, a, you know, obviously it's not a requirement. It just is obviously like a, a general theme that carries through a lot of the people in the community tend to bond on, on this deep level and then uh -huh. either meet up in real life or, or continue to regularly chat occasionally or like really, really consistently depending on, I'm thinking of different people in my head right now of, that I'm, that have taken the training. And then also intergenerationally speaking, this will be the fourth wave, the fourth round, this experience. So there'll be many mentors and squad leaders for the new people coming in to connect to. So you don't, you know, just have to stay connected only to the group that you're in. Of course, you'll have that first experience, but then I think there ends up becoming a blending of, of different rounds in the greater community of IVFT as well. Yes, absolutely. And it really just goes to show that like, because we all walk such different paths and have such different journeys and our inner voice is guiding us in so many different ways because your inner voice is not going to be the same as my inner voice and vice versa. It goes to show that there's truly so much you can learn from everyone, right? There's so much we can learn from people younger than us, so much we can learn from people older than us. And I think that beautiful community aspect only furthers to enrich the growth that we can experience from within ourselves through doing this work together. Beautiful. Okay. So Hannah, in your own words, cause this is much easier for me. I feel like it's like, obviously I have my own point of view, but I always say, just go into your tuition and if it's a fit, it'll be right. But what would mm -hmm. you say to anyone else thinking about joining IVFT? I think 
or rather, I don't want to say think because oh, you caught it. <laughs> You're such a star, people. Hannah, I'm just like so like <laughs> excited to share you with the community. How good was oh that gosh. touch? That's so beautiful. Beautiful. I was like, oh wait a second, that's that's not what we wanted to happen here. Um, <laughs> I really feel. I really feel the way about IVFT that I do with this spiritual, introspective intuition work in general, which is it will find you when you are ready. If you are wanting to go into this work because you are wanting and expecting an arbitrary result, for example, the physical changes we've talked about, the money, and you're wanting it purely because of that and not necessarily because of what else it may elicit, it's probably not the right time. I think I feel, oh my gosh, I keep saying that again. I feel that when it is right for you, you will know so deeply in your body and be ready and willing to accept the transformation, whatever it brings out of you. My mind had no idea the transformation that was going to come for me the six months after IVFT. But at the same time, if I could go back and tell the slightly younger version of myself, all that would happen. My mind, of course, would be freaked out. But if I could share with her where I am today and the profound peace I feel and the happiness I feel, I've never felt a level of happiness in my life like I do today. And that doesn't mean that there's no problems or that I don't experience difficult emotions or I'm not still doing beanbag releasing. I am. I'm human, of course. But if I could go back and show her where the journey would lead her, I know in an instant she would do it all over again. So be ready, be open, be open to that transformation because you have no idea where it's going to take you. And that is the most beautiful part because had I had known where the journey would take me, I think that there would be a lot more fear and a lot more hesitation. And it probably would have been harder for me to lean in. But when I surrendered and just trusted, oh my goodness, it became the most beautiful gift, even the pain, the heartbreak, the emotional distress, the beanbags, the trauma, all of it was the most beautiful gift I could have ever received. And that is why I can fully enjoy the version of myself I am today and where I am at today because of the fact that I allowed myself to see that as a gift, to flow with it, to trust my intuition, to guide me, and to know that we always end up exactly where we need to be, even if we don't take the path that we think we will. Oh, so well said, <laughs> Hannah. Hannah Siddiqui, everyone, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. That was so beautiful. Hannah, thank you again so, 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 so much for coming on the show today. And thank everyone for listening. As she said, that was a great send off, but I'll say, of course, as always, if it feels like a fit, I'm excited to work with you. So if you want to sign up, you can do so over at jesslively.com slash IVFT. And Hannah, may something wonderful happen to you today and to everyone else as well. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on. This was such a pleasure. 